This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Welcome back, my friends. We are sharing a DOO download episode which is a place where you are going to get the wisdom of two directors of operations, myself and our director of coaching, Amy Lochran, who have been there and done that. Today, we're going to be dishing on the DOO download on questions that are popping up from our community. We hope that you'll enjoy this conversation and learn a lot in the process. If you have a question that you would like for us to answer, I would love to have you submit that to podcast at theopsauthority.com. You can also drop into our DMs on Facebook or Instagram. We'll collect those and you will hear those responses in the near future. Amy, welcome. I'm so excited. We're back at it and doing this again. These are the best. Yes, it's so fun. So for those of you guys hanging out with us today, we have a repository of questions that have come in in our various DOO sessions and also from our community in the Ops Insiders. So I'm telling you, I just gave you that offer, but if you've got a question that you would like our perspective on or our viewpoint on, feel free to send that in because we really do love jamming out and and answering these questions with you. So Amy, first question I have is this person let us know that they are unsure on how to position themselves as a strategic consultant. She's ready to pivot, but she doesn't know how to take this next step. What would be your guidance for this person? Oh man, I think there's so many, like it's like an onion, right? There's so many layers to making this decision to switch into strategic consultancy. A couple of things pop in my mind first and foremost is we talk a lot about boundaries here in the operations space and service-based business. Once you step into the consultant side of things, your first part in positioning yourself is to show up as that, to lead with who you want to be as a consultant, because you really are strategically partnering with a person at this point. And so you have to showcase yourself for that pivot to start that you wouldn't be working under anybody in a business. And so that comes in with displaying authority and everything that you were talking about not being scared to have those deep conversations. And honestly, what I think a lot of people do, and I say that because I know I used to too, really jumping in and not being scared to share your opinion, even if it's going to cause a little like chaos because you're going to go against the grain because you'll attract the right people at that point. Yeah, super valid point. The mindset behind that, it, this I wouldn't advise you to step into being a consultant in any capacity if you don't have a proven area of expertise and a lot of time and repetition in that space. So I wouldn't come in as a marketing consultant, even though I enjoy marketing, even though I've done a lot of it inside of my business, just because I know a little bit about it. And and I have like proven methodologies inside of my business. I still wouldn't have the confidence of calling myself a strategic expert in that area. So the mindset behind 
and and truly owning the space of being a consultant has to come first, much to what you were saying, Amy. I think that it's not going to be comfortable for you. You're not going to believe yourself if you position yourself like that and you don't have the proof to back it up. So I think my advice is to make sure that you have the expertise to lean onto and then also that confidence, the authority. You said the word that I was like, yes, yes. Big check mark to authority because that's what you have to have. And you're coming in with lots of times your own intellectual property and knowledge in this area. And like you said, Amy, this person, the leader that you're partnering with here may think very differently. So you have to be ready for that resistance because it can come up. It doesn't come up all the time, but it certainly can come up. The other thing that I would say about consultancy is the fact that when you're a consultant, nine times out of 10, this is not an exclusive statement, but the majority, strong, hard, majority of the time, you are going to be someone who is advising on strategy, right? So you're not going to be in the implementer seat. And Mm -hmm. so making sure as you're looking for clients to be a strategic partner with, you're looking for people who have the team to be able to implement the ideas and the strategies that you are sharing with the leader. That is so important because it can be so easy for us to like fall into what we're comfortable with. And then when, say, you're having the strategic conversation with someone, you're really showcasing, you're stepping up in that. And then all of a sudden something pops up in a conversation and they need a person who can do something that you're very capable of and their team doesn't. We really have to hold ourselves back to keep us up on the higher level. Tactically, I will say something that I think is so important when you're you're making any shift in your business and the Really, the step away into consultancy is one where it's been glaringly obvious for me when we see service providers do this. This is not a change that has to happen to your entire business. This is something that you can do slowly and honestly, quietly through trusted conversations, people that are in like your closest zone of influence, the people that you know and peers and just a conversation and say like, oh, it seems like you need some support on this. I know that like me working for you at the level that I am showing up as a director of operations, that might not be a fit in your business, but I do actually offer consulting. Here's what it would look like. Do you want to talk about that? That's a much easier ask for people that doesn't mean it needs to go on your website and that you can't take action till then. So if there's any permission that needs to be given, you can do this simply by having conversations and not putting all these roadblocks ahead of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I think from an operations perspective, finding this is going a little bit outside of the scope of the question that was asked to us, but there are so many different operational disciplines that being an ops consultant can be very, very wide. I would say that if you're looking at this, you know, where is your zone? And someone like me, I have done plenty of strategy calls and also been a consultant in companies from an HR perspective. Now, I still feel like I'm an expert in several of the disciplines inside of operations, but from a consultancy perspective, that's where I feel the strongest to come in and also give myself that defined scope so that scope creep and just dipping into holding myself those boundaries that you started off this conversation with, you know, just if I know exactly what I'm doing and where I start and where I stop, holding myself accountable throughout the process because, you know, I know that most of the people that are listening to this don't just have one expertise in operational areas. They bleed into others naturally, but nothing is worse than coming in 
to a business as an HR expert and then all of a sudden actually managing people or taking Mm -hmm. on other projects that are outside the scope of HR. So just know where your expertise lies and contractually agree to those things. It's going to be a lot easier for you to sell those things if you're really clear. So true. Alrighty. The next question, I work in several businesses on retainer. I have a tendency to put my business last, which is so common. I only have about 10 hours a week to devote to my business outside of my client delivery. How can I make the best use of my time to build my brand alongside serving my clients? Oh, I love this question. You know, I love a good marketing conversation and bringing it in on the service side. So 10 hours a week, I will be very transparent is actually a lot of time to spend I agree. on your business and to be able to develop it. And so that's my first thing. I'll say kudos because it means you actually have things streamlined for your clients and that you've saved the time and space for you. So you're doing a great job. We believe in selling through education and conversation and connection and using those 10 hours, whatever it may look like for you to be able to Find places, again, where you can show your authority, where you can be resourceful, where you can have the beginning of relationships that evolve over time. Hands down, as a service provider who you are considered high ticket, that is going to bring you the greatest results fastest, which may not feel that way because you're not selling a $7 product that somebody can like tack on at the end of a grocery store line, but like it truly is. It's just, we have to be comfortable with the steps that lead up to us finding the right clients for us and know that that entire process is what keeps us away from people who are not a right fit. Because if you don't engage with people and find a natural rapport, you will not get on discovery calls with people you don't want to work with. It really is a self-fulfilling prophecy that happens in that entire step-by-step process. Yeah. So this is a service provider. And I believe very deeply that if you're a service provider and you're looking for clients, the easiest way to do that is to make sure that you are having frequent conversations. So reverse engineer what it takes for you to get on a phone call or a Zoom call with somebody. Does that mean that you need to spend a couple hours a week inside of a Facebook group making connections? How are you specifically going to do that? And all of us have different networks and different skills. And I can't give you a prescription on the exact place to go or even the right people to talk to. I think it's important for you to think about who you'd like to work with. Maybe, you know, you've seen exercises like making the dream 100 and making a list of people to contact, whatever that is for you. The ultimate goal is to get them on a call. So like I said, reverse engineer, figure out how you plan to do that. And that strategy may change over time. Maybe you start with cold pitching and and making conversations with strangers, aligned strangers inside of a Facebook group, you move into a DM and then eventually you offer them a free call. I mean, I've seen people also put a post in a Facebook group and say, hey, if you're interested, you know, here's my scheduler or something like that. There's other options where you can reach out to people that you already know, people who maybe have been a previous client and ask them to connect you with other like people. And so at the end of the day, it's how are you going to get people on a phone call, on a Mm -hmm. Zoom call? And Amy's right, 10 hours a week is a whole lot. And you you can break that up. Now we're kind of getting into time management. You can break that up into one day, like doing a full day of prospecting and conversations, or you could do a couple hours, a couple days a week too. So kudos on the 10 hours. That's, that is. Look at 
look at us going into operations and scheduling on <laughs> the marketing question. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. Who would have thought? I know. I know. I know. All righty. We're going to tackle one more question in the remaining time that we have. So this gal wants to start an agency. She's throwing around the idea of moving from a retainer-based business into an agency. And she's curious. She's got the big question. I think this is a very big question to tackle, but when is the right time to start that? And so I'll kick us off here with an agency is a very complex model and it is a model that not everybody is made to do. I can speak from my own experience that I started really considering an agency model once I was booked out and I still had leads coming in and it was just so hard for me to turn them away because I truly wanted to help them. At that point, it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to, you know, I was dreaming of making more money, which never hurts anyone's feelings. But for me, it was like, I didn't want to turn these people down because I really did feel like I was the right solution for them. So that pushed me into the land of agency, which was very short-lived, my friends, because it's a very complex model. But the specific question was, when is the right time to start? I would say that there's a lot of pieces that go into this. And the first one is making sure that you are someone who enjoys leading other people because an agency is going to require you to multiply yourself, right? And it may not be the exact same type of skill set that you have. There's a lot of different ways to build an agency, but regardless, you're going to have multiple people inside of this delivering on a promise that you as the face of the brand are responsible for. And so if you're not comfortable leading people, this is the number one mistake I see in people who start or think that they want to start agencies or actually failed agencies that fail quite quickly the operator got into that position because they had maybe more leads than they could take on themselves, but they really don't enjoy leading people. And an agency owner has two different obligations. One is to secure new work. So be the marketing engine, be the face of the brand. And second, to build their team so that their delivery and the impression of their delivery continues to get better. So if you're not good at that second part or the first that matter. I would definitely say that an agency is going to be a difficult path. But right time to start, I would make sure that you've got enough leads coming in and you also enjoy leading people. What would you say, Aim? I completely agree. I think the piece that you brought up is one that gets missed so frequently that people, and I mean, I'm in the same boat as you. It's an idea that I like toyed with for a hot second and was like, oh, this is not my jam, not for me. Because it isn't as much about the actual implementation, the work that you're doing for your agency to be able to succeed. And so when you're looking at that, understanding the difference between growing what your company is to the next level and potentially scaling who's working underneath you, but you still running your same business is very different than starting an agency model. And so for someone to be ready for an agency model, I think it's really good to say, like, if I removed myself, For an entire month, do my systems, processes, and the team members I have on right now, even if it's just an assistant for you, could it run without me? How much would I need to be there? And how much would I have to explain to somebody? Because if that's the case, your business is still solely running from you. You are not set up for an agency. You do not have it as a turnkey process. And that's really what you need for the majority of agencies to work. And so if you start that too soon, you are going to be doing twice the work, getting paid probably half as much on a good day because now you have way more overhead. 
And a lot more stress. <laughs> so much stress and way more meetings because you're meeting with your team and with clients to yeah. get going. I mean, it is not a quick win as far as income for the large majority because it takes time to figure it out. You now have to worry about a lot more of both team and actual process. I mean, there is everything scales up so much with an agency. And I don't think either Natalie and I are saying this to scare anyone who's interested in doing it because there are thriving agencies and people who are doing it so well. But I would say if you're interested in what it looks like, then potentially trying to see what processes you need to be able to create for someone to work under you where you can step away. And if you're capable of getting to that, then it's like, okay, how do I feel about really leading the team completely? Do I love leadership? Do I love coaching? Do I love management? Then we're at the point where it's like, you know what? I think agency is for me. I think this is my time. Yeah, I love that. So when's the right time to start? Sounds like from me and Amy's perspective, it's when you have an established process that you can remove yourself from. And then on top, and maybe more important is enjoy and have a knack for leading other people. So that's not even taking into consideration any of the marketing stuff, but we can dive into that on another episode. Alrighty, friends. I hope that you have enjoyed these questions. We're going to have another DOO download session coming up soon. Again, if you've got those questions, send them over to podcast at the Ops Authority. I've enjoyed hanging out with you guys today, Amy. This was great. That's part of my day. <laughs> yes. Awesome, friends. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.